Welcome, everybody, to What Does the Bible Say About That? It's Reese and Will here again. How you doing today, Will? Doing pretty good. How yeah. are you doing today? I'm doing well. I've, I'm going to be honest with everyone. I've got some falafel in front of me. I have been trying to find a time to eat all night, and so I finally got some food here. I'm going to try and not chew into the mic, but I might be tempted to eat one of these while we're going. So... I'm going to be honest. Okay. I was trying to think of something clever to say, but it just wasn't coming out. It wasn't coming? Yeah. You probably need to speak closer to the mic. Is this better? Yeah, that's better. better. You got to speak into it. Into it. Into it. Hey, speaking of taxes, tax season. No, I was going to talk about our topic for the day. (laughs) Oh, intuition topic. No. What are you thinking? No, no, no. How are you connecting into it? So, into it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Okay. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay, good. I get it. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. Well, okay, so the topic for today is going to be baptism. baptism. Nice. I'm glad I like having to do that. In together. unison. Yep. Oneness. Okay. Yeah, so last week we talked about the um, talking about the gospel, right? It was just the gospel. That was the name of it, right? What does the Bible say? Yeah, about yeah. That? So we, I think we did the gospel. Yeah. And... You did you you mentioned this on the last one, right? This was your decision. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Well, you know what? You've always you put that on me. <laughs> Don't you put that on me? No, no, no. no, no I'm just yeah. trying to think. Like, did we? I think you you had said it. I like it. It's a good. It's a good um, transition. Yes, because we did the afterlife, and then we wanted to, to talk about what okay, is the gospel. Well, now what is the gospel? Now we're on. Yeah, and so naturally. Well, why is it naturally? Okay. That's the question. How are we connecting baptism to this? So immediately I'm thinking of, of the story with... Yeah, let's go straight into the Bible. Do it. Okay. I was thinking of the story of the Acts and Acts with, a- with Philip. Philip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Philip. With- no, with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. <laughs> yes. Right? That's uh, Acts 8, right? Yeah. Okay. And so with Acts 8, just the gist of the story, I guess, before we get into all the verses is Philip feels led by the Lord to go... Onto this wagon, basically. Feels led by the Lord. That should be another topic. Okay. For another time. Sensations of the divine. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep okay. Going. So he gets up on this wagon, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it says wagon. Uh, it's a cart, cart right? Yeah. Chariot. Yeah, he gets thing. on the yeah chariot, and then he he the Ethiopian eunuch is actually reading the book of Isaiah. He doesn't know what he's reading. Philip explains it to him, and ba- it basically preaches the gospel through Isaiah, and then he immediately leads the guy to get baptized. Okay, we should we should read these two verses. Okay, let's let's do it. Because yeah, that's a good like, quick summary. Um, but these verses are like the significant part, like what you just said. It says in verse thirty-five of chapter eight of Acts, and Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he announced Jesus as the gospel to him. And as they were going along the road, they came upon some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And so to your point, Philip um, is taking, he's, you know, what do you call it, segueing? Yeah. Segueing, you know, from his reading of Isaiah and, and uses that as an excuse to yeah. preach Jesus as the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say anything else. It doesn't say, then he got saved. Then he was, you know, brought into a local assembly, and then after a year of being brought to maturity, yeah, he was good baptized. point. Good point. The right. point is, in the midst of Philip's gospel preaching, surely baptism was mentioned, mm-hmm. and 
that caused the eunuch to say, well, look, there's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Right. So baptism is a natural, like, next episode, I guess, or whatever, yeah. from talking about the gospel, because baptism is included in the gospel. Mm-hmm. At least the gospel they were preaching back then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so another, another verse yeah. I guess we could go to that would also prove this, and this one actually comes from Mark 15. Mm, oh man, you're going for the jugular here. This is exciting. Yeah. And this is, this actually, this verse, I guess before I read it, it goes against the concept I was raised with. Um, Reese says, you know, I was raised Baptist. Mm, where, yes, strong Baptist. Yeah, strong Baptist. And so Baptist basically, it's the thought, I mean, this is kind of, um, you, you'll hear this said some, is baptism is the outward profession of faith. Right. Um, and so, anyway, so basically you, you receive the Lord and then your baptism is just a step um, of following the Lord. Okay, it's not, a, it's not actually your salvation, right? But this is what Mark says. It says, who believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Right. So, this is interesting. Hmm. This is interesting. Because baptism, apparently salvation includes believing and baptizing. Now that's controversial. It is controversial. So uh, I'm going to read that verse again. Yeah, read it again. Because that's a, that's a, so Mark 16, 16 says, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. Yeah. So then the second part leads off baptism. Yeah. Man, so you're saying that if I'm not baptized, I'm going to hell. No. What are you saying then? Yeah. Well, okay. This would lead us to our next point, maybe. Yeah, sure. Well, maybe, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, you go for I it. I think, uh, so yeah, so clearly, according to Mark sixteen sixteen, believing and being baptized brings about salvation. Yes. Or that person shall be saved if he does those two things. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that the second part of the verse it doesn't say the same thing as the first. It says, he who does not believe shall be condemned. It doesn't say he who does not believe and is not baptized, or he who believes yet is not baptized. So that's just interesting to note. Like, your not believing is what condemns you, but your believing and being baptized is what saves you. Um, and we know, you know, from the person on the cross, the thief, yeah, yeah, that's you know, a good example. He believed he wasn't baptized, but he was saved right. to some extent, whatever kind of salvation that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's different. I think here's one thing. The, the, the whole heaven-hell picture of everything, it, it kind of, in my view, cheapens salvation. Yeah, you know? how so? Well, you know, I think every time you talk about being saved, it, it's, it always implies hell right. for most Christians. But the Bible seems to use it in a a plethora of different ways. Being Mm -hmm. saved from the world, being saved from the ruler of the world, being saved from your sins, being saved from death. Um, It's like, I mean, is it the same for me to say, you know, I saved a woman from being hit by the bus and I saved $5 on my HEB run this Mm, week? Like, they they mean the same thing, but it doesn't always, it's not always applied to the same situation, you know? There's different degrees, so... Mm -hmm. What does baptism save us from, I guess, is the question. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. What does it save us from? 
So I think one of the, probably the best verse we could go to right now is Acts 2. Okay, yeah. Acts 2, and this is going to be verses 40 and 41. Very good, very good. You want to read it? Sure, I can read it. I got it here. So Acts, Acts 2, verse 40 and 41. And with many, so this is Peter uh, preaching the gospel, first, first gospel preaching message of the apostles after Jesus ascends. Yeah. Okay. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this crooked generation. Those then who received his word were baptized. And they were added on that day. They were added on that day about three thousand souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from those verses, it's be saved from not hell, but from this crooked generation. Yeah. And if you received that word, you were baptized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, I mean, that, I mean, basically the world, right? The world. Yeah. We're saved from the world through our baptism, and that's because baptism is presented in the Bible as a form of. Um, separation. Right. It's like a, you know, the whole, it's an outward testimony of an inward faith is in a sense true. Yeah. Um, It is like declaring to the world, to the demons, to God, to his angels, to the saints, I am basically on God's side right now. I'm no longer of this crooked generation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I, I think one thing we could do that's really helped me. This has been. This is where it all became so clear to me because these verses they're good. But there's other verses that seem to imply other things, and it, it, I just get really confused because I think the New Testament's not trying to box God in. It, it has a. It all you can't systematize it so well. Right. But, but the the Old Testament has some really rich pictures that I think help us grasp some of these yeah. deep concepts. So maybe we should go to a couple of yeah. those. And I, oh, yeah, before we do, though, I do like the point you brought out. Yeah. The, the thought that it is that baptism is an outward profession mm-hmm. of your faith, it, that's not wrong. Right. It's definitely not wrong. Right. Because that is what it is. And I think we'll get into it more. But what we want to do is get into a little bit more of the depth of it as well. Yeah. What, I mean, that, that's true, but, you know, what? So I heard someone say that. What, I forget who it was. It's like it might be 100% true, but it's only 1% of the truth. Ooh, I like that. You, you, just being just because it's true or right doesn't mean it encompasses the riches that can be found yeah. in that symbol. Okay, cool. So yeah, there's so more to good. it. Yeah. It's good. So next verse. Yeah. Okay. Set of verses would be First Corinthians ten. Oh, great. And then yes. verses one and two. Yeah. And so this is really cool. You you may have heard us say this before, but <clears throat> basically how we're going to look at this and how we look at a lot of topics is the Old Testament is basically pictures or paintings. Mm-hmm. And then the New Testament is a caption to those paintings or the explanation of those paintings. And you might think like, well, how do you have the ground to do that? Or how can you do that? Well, Paul himself does that. And that's the verses we're going to read. I want to quote yeah. Augustine here really quickly. He Great. says something that's really cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to paraphrase. He said, the, the New Testament lie um, concealed in the old and the old lies revealed in the new. Oh, that's nice. Basically, you can, f- like, you see the New Testament in a hidden way in the old, but the old is explained in the new. But they complement, and like, and it's in a picture way. Like, the Old Testament's types and shadows, but they paint a, a rich picture for right. us. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this is what that says. It says, "For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea." 
and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Well, so, so I think I mean you don't you don't see the word baptized in Exodus where right. he's quoting because right. hopefully you're familiar with the story. If you're not, we would encourage you to go read Exodus, watch the Disney movie. Okay, yeah, or, or maybe read called? Exodus. Maybe read Exodus. That's called Never the, mind. Uh, Prince of Egypt, right? I haven't seen it actually, but okay, I've heard it's, it's good. good. It's really good. Okay, anyways, well, maybe it's not really okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so the fact that Paul uses the word baptized here is basically the caption to this picture. So they pass through the sea, right? They, and maybe I should explain the picture a little bit. I mean, yeah, maybe I, I don't have to go into too much, but basically, the children of Israel are on the edge of the Red Sea. Right. They think they're about to get slaughtered by the the. The Egyptians, which are following, God splits the Red Sea. Yeah. The Israelites go in, mm-hmm. and what follows them into the water is also the Egyptians. Right. And then the Israelites come out on the other side. The Egyptians are still in the water. The waters close. Engulfs. Kills. Them. Yeah, engulfs, um, destroys, kills, kills the yeah. Egyptians, and leaves them there. Right. And you can get into a lot of types about this, but basically e- Egypt just symbolizes the world, which is... What we referred to in the verses in Acts, right? Yeah, the so, crooked generation. Yeah, and so this is a this is a pretty clear picture, and that's what Paul says. They passed through the sea and were baptized. Mm-hmm. All were baptized into the sea. Right, and it's another great picture of like distinguishing the eternal, like salvation from like maybe a more like a different kind kind of salvation because the as as most of you I'm sure know the Israelites had already, in a sense, been saved from the condemnation by putting the blood of the Passover lamb on their door, right? which Christ is our Passover, according, I think it's 1 Corinthians 5. So that's a, a picture, another picture of God, you know, washing us in the blood to save us. Mm-hmm. But that's to save us from condemnation, from death, the death that came into Egypt. But after they were saved from that, they still had more to do. They had to escape Egypt. Yep. You can be saved, but still be in the world. This happened. I mean, there's many Christians that I know like this who, at one point, received the Lord, and they just either they tried and they couldn't, or they never really were helped or discipled to to leave the crooked generation. Right. Um, and I think you know, I we'll talk about Calvinism, I'm sure soon, but that a lot of times people will just give up on them, say they must not have been saved, or else they'd be out of the world, but. Really, there's a lot that people need to be shepherded. They need to be helped mm-hmm. to leave. And anyways, I'm sorry, I'm getting too much into no, this. No, no, I think that's great. Yeah. But, really, I think that's But great. the point is the next step of the salvation from condemnation is then to be saved from the world. And the way that baptism did that, or the way that the God saved them from Egypt is through the Red Sea. Because the Red Sea not only separated them from Egypt, but it actually destroyed Egypt yeah. as, as far as it related right. to them. And that, that's a good point, too, because it's like, especially when you talk about the salvation aspect, mm-hmm. is like God was saving them for a specific purpose. Right. right. And so them having the blood over the doorpost was for a purpose. And right. And then it was necessary for them to cross out of, right. cross through the water out of Egypt into yeah. the wilderness. Yeah. So, so, so there's another, um, another Old Testament type, actually. So that's a good one. Paul explicitly calls that baptism. Mm-hmm. He connects them in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. Um, but there's another one that the New Testament authors connect. We can find more typology than what the old when than what the New Testament authors talk about because you know the New Testament doesn't talk about every verse of the Old Testament. Right. Actually, th- sorry, side note, but in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says something about the tabernacle and the utensils, and it's like, but it's not now time to talk about what these right. mean. 
And then he goes on. So it's like, oh, so you're saying there's stuff that is in the Old Testament that we right. don't, that's not talked about. Yeah. That we should like still explore ourselves mm-hmm. as believers with the Spirit to guide us. Yeah. And, okay, sorry. That was a side note. <laughs> um, but there's another picture, and that is in Genesis with Noah. Um, yeah. And Noah and the flood actually is another type. Peter talks about this in 1 Peter uh, 3. Um, so we can go there. Do you have the verses? Yeah. It's which, which ones are they? It's 20 and 21. Okay. You want to read it? Yeah. So, okay. Because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through, through water. <clears throat> Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as removal of dirt of the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Okay, this is, I love the, I love this type, even more than the Exodus one. Um, Because it's really cool, like, seeing how he connects it. Like, so how does the, how does the water in Noah, the flood waters, how does that save him? Mm Mm-hmm. It seems like they're dangerous. Yeah. Like, how are those saving him? Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Yeah. It, that's a good point. What, I actually I mean, haven't thought about this before. So what really saved Noah? It was the boat. The right, ark. the ark. Yeah. And the ark typifies Christ. We get into Christ, yeah. and we're saved from the condemnation of God, which is the water. Yeah. But another thing happens, and that is, I mean, what was the state of the world in that time? I mean, it was... I mean, like, even he talks, I guess John or Jesus even talks about the end times being like the days of Noah. Like, it's compared to as, like, right. some of the dark, maybe the darkest time. Well, it explicitly says, I think in Genesis 6, that God gave up. Oh, that's right. He, he like, regretted. He that repented he had, that yeah, he made us. That's right. So, in with Noah's time, the generation there, they were as crooked as it gets. You might think our world is crooked. The stuff that's going on in New York and Virginia right now, it's just, like, how can it get any worse in, in different things? Like we're legalizing murder in different aspects. Like, but like it doesn't compare to the, the generation back then, mm-hmm. enough where God gave them up. Um, and Noah, who's a righteous man and his family, they, in a sense, did need to be saved from that generation. Yeah, right. They need to be set apart from them. And so though they got in the boat to save them from God's condemnation, it's actually the water that saved them from the generation, right. from the people there, because the water did away with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's a wonderful type that baptism saves us, he says here. Um, and Peter's the one who gave the message in Acts 2, right? So right. it's from the crooked generation. So yeah, this is just another clear type. The, the ark and the blood and the two pictures, they save us from God's condemnation, but the waters, they save us from the world, from the generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe now a good step would go. So we, we're, we're seeing clearly what we're saved from. Right. Right. Um, which is the world. Mm-hmm. Right. The I world. Mean, yeah. That'd, that'd be the world. main thing. Yeah. yeah. So now we want to see. And wanna, by the oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we should ahead. say um, saved from the world does not mean you no longer are friends with people in the world. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is your association with the world is cut off. Yeah. Like the, back then it's like physical. You're cut off from these people. But for us, it's like you're no longer a part of the world. Hmm. So though your friends might go out, you know, we live in Austin. If you know about Austin, like 6th Street is where you go to party, you know, college students go. It's like you might have these people in your classmates and you should love them and care for them. But in a sense, they they are living a different life 
and then yeah. they're in a different world. What is Peter? Peter talks about this, like going the flood of dissoluteness. The flood of dissoluteness. Where yeah. is that? Um, I'm sorry. We, well, we should have had this ready. That's okay. But Peter talks about people, the world thinks it's strange that maybe you don't go along with them in the flood of the dissoluteness. Yeah. Um, you got it then? 2 Peter 2.5? Yeah, read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Wait, no, no, maybe that's yeah. not it. Wait, hold on. I don't, I don't guarded the it. world, brought a flood upon them. I don't think that's it. Is that not it? No. Oh, man. Well, anyways. Yeah, okay, but the point is that we, we live a different life. I think most Christians Oh, I found it. It's First Peter 4.4. 4. Do it. Okay, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery. Right. Or that word can also be trans... Dissolute. Trans- yeah, same, yeah. yeah. And they malign you. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, so your baptism, it, in a sense, it, it separates you from that that present evil age. Um, not only by like appealing to your conscience with that thing, but it even is a testimony to the enemy and to all the world, to all the darkness. Uh, because behind every like sinful generation, all that, there are spiritual forces. For and, sure. and you're testifying to them, actually. Yeah, I, I was actually... I, I'm glad you brought that point out. I yeah. was thinking... I mean, spiritual warfare is for sure real. I yeah. Mean, maybe you've experienced some way. I've experienced some way. Maybe you all have. But but there are for sure Satan and his fallen dominion... I mean, minions, basically, watching. And so when we take the act of baptism as uh, believers, we're making a statement to the entire universe... And I really like what Peter brings out here, too. It's also our conscience. Mm-hmm. It's according to our conscience that we want to be away from... I mean, we want to make this statement, basically. Right. God, I'm following after you at any cost. Mm-hmm. And then you also say, Satan, I'm not yours. Mm-hmm. You're losing. You, you've right. lost me. I'm not, I'm not for you. Right. Yeah, and I remember, like, I read something on Martin Luther where he talks about, like, you get baptized, but then you should be living in the reality of that baptism. Mm-hmm. Or you, in a sense, live a life of That's baptism. Good. So we, when we are baptized, it's a testimony even of our, to our conscience before God mm-hmm. that I'm of God. Like in Colossians, Paul says, you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness yeah. and oh, into the good. kingdom of the son of his love. So in effect, you, you have this transfer that happens and, well, I think we should talk about the transfer, yeah. but, but you're transferred and then you, whenever you're tempted later and you're in the world or you're in sin or you're like you're tempted to enter into these things you have this now thing that you've done that you look back at and you say no i'm of god yeah i've been cut off from this right so but yeah let's talk about what baptism even deeper i think what Mm -hmm. baptism what actually happens in baptism because it's not just a physical act right there's something spiritual that happens Mm -hmm. with baptism do you have a verse? Yeah, so so this is kind of pretty a, a pretty famous verse. This is Matthew twenty eight. A lot of people would call this the Great Commission. Right. Um, it's twenty eight nineteen. It says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit." Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the explicit verses that says, "Baptizing them in the name of." So mm-hmm. it's it's. Well, I mean, maybe we could bring this out a little bit. It's mm. interesting how it says the name, which is singular, right. and then it lists three names. Not the names of. Right. Right. The name of. <clears throat> right. Father, Son, and Spirit. Yeah. And I, I think, 
I heard someone was telling me this, and it took me a while to figure out why they said that. Like the name is the person, mm-hmm. or signifies the person. Yeah. But once I find, once it finally clicked, I had like one of those moments. I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like when I call Will, I'm not calling some ethereal like, just like principle matter thing that like has to do with like a sphere. It's like oh, I see. I'm calling Will, mm-hmm. like the person who's sitting next right. to me. Right. And so when you're baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, you're being baptized into the Triune God, yeah. into the person. That's what it's. That's what is signified mm-hmm. there. That's what's happening. So yeah. So so one thing that we're baptized into. So we're baptized. The negative side of baptism is you're cut off from the world. You're cut off from Satan's grasp. Right. But the positive side is you're baptized into the Triune God. That's one thing. Uh, there's another one uh, in Galatians three. I think it's twenty seven. Um, where it says you are baptized into Christ. Sorry, I'm, I have a paper Bible and I have to flip through, but I think it's good to flip it's, through paper it's, Bible. It's classy. Classy, yes. Okay, sorry. I'm here. Now I'm really here. Okay, so it says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we're not only baptized into the triune God, but we're specifically baptized into Christ, which ha- is a loaded term. You know, it's into, the anointed yeah, one. I mean, He's the one who's gone through everything. Yeah. It's, He's ascended. Yeah. So we're in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even we're in the heavenlies in Christ. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, wherever he is, whatever he's gone through, we've been included yeah. in that, which is huge. I mean, For sure. We're not just baptized into God. It's like we're baptized specifically into this person right. who has died, who has resurrected, who's mm-hmm. ascended, who's been enthroned. Right. who's Lord of Lords and King right. of Kings, we're in him. Yeah. Okay, what's another one? Yeah. So another one is in Romans 6.3. Right. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Right. So this is where another very specific one. So the other one is, is a little like abstract. It's like we're baptized into Christ, and that can include a number of things. Right. But this one in Romans, Paul's making a very clear point. To die to basically to yourself, to your flesh, mm-hmm. you're, you're a new person. You're dying. You, you, you've been put into the death of Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's actually, the, there's a, the, the next verse too also talks about it. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Yeah. And I think actually a really good point about like all these things where we should consider like, it's really kind of mysterious, all of this, but, you know, the Bible says them, and, and we should believe. We should have a spirit of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about baptism that helps you go on in your Christian life. Like, if you're saved um, and you just live your life, you say, well, baptism, you know, it's kind of more of an outward thing. I don't really think I need to be, like, according to these verses, you're not really able to experience the death of Christ yeah. And you're not able to experience all the riches of him mm-hmm. being in him right. um, without this. Yeah. I mean, I heard a good analogy once. It's about like a, a seed. Um, you know, baptism, it's like... So, so there's this, there were these seeds that were found in some Egyptian pyramids, actually wheat, grain, uh, that had been there for thousands of years, actually. And if you know anything about wheat, it, a lot of times, like the grain, it can last a long, long time still being alive. Um, and that seed was actually still living when they planted it. It actually sprouted. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. But anyways, the point is like our being regenerated, our initial salvation, when the spirit comes in, 
Um, that's like, there's, it says the divine seed comes in. Peter says that. Mm. His, the divine, we've been begotten of an incorruptible seed. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the seed has been made, but in order for that seed to grow and produce fruit, it has to be buried. So in the same way that Christ was crucified, um, we were crucified with him when we were saved. Like we, we enter into that. But the next thing that needs to happen is you bury that body. So those who have been saved, if you just continue your life like a, a, you're just a dead man walking, basically, yeah. it requires you to, in order for you to enter into like resurrection, to begin experiencing the fruit of the Spirit of God, like you have to be buried, yeah, planted like a seed into the earth, mm-hmm. and then you can sprout. So, anyways, uh, you know, this might not. I mean, I I took a while to be baptized, and I felt like I had some experience of the Lord, but really, after I got saved, it was heightened and um in in a, in a gradual way like yeah. i was able to enter into a lot more right. of what god wanted for me yeah i think that's true i mean like i yeah i had a similar experience i i think mainly if we're talking about this and you've been baptized and maybe you think like oh my baptism didn't seem like what they're talking about i think it's okay i think you just check with the lord right cuz i mean maybe there's there's times just in my personal experience i was baptized twice Really? But yeah, but that's not a, you know, this isn't a, a any type of formula. You just check inwardly. I know for a fact I was getting bothered for years about it. Yeah. And then eventually it just kind of got confirmed through other members of the body that yeah, this is this is right. You need to get baptized. Hmm. And so I did. And just like Reese is saying, it's like your your enjoyment and your experience of the Lord gets heightened. But the main thing is just to check inwardly with the Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about like what fish. Peter says in 1 Peter 3, the baptism is an appeal to a good conscience before God. Yeah. And so if the Lord is touching you, like, hey, maybe that, you know, if, first of all, if you were, I'll just say this at least, if you were sprinkled as a baby before you were saved, um, that's wonderful. You know, the Lord used that, I'm sure, to like honored that, that your parents gave you to him. And for that reason, you know, maybe that contributed to what you, where you're at now and your experience, um, maybe in your being saved eventually. But the biblical pattern is you believe and then be baptized, Mark 16, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really should consider before the Lord, you know, where, where am I, Lord? Do I need to take this step? And if so, like, have the spirit of yeah. the eunuch of what's preventing me from right. being baptized. Yeah, that's what he says. Find the closest believer. You don't need... You know, some ordained priest. You mm-hmm. you need a believer. And actually, this okay. Maybe we should get in the last. There's one more verse. Yeah, and I'll connect it with this. Okay. So this but, is it's. Do you have it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. First Corinthians twelve uh, thirteen. It says, uh, "For also in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we're all given to drink one spirit." And so part of our baptism is corporate. We're brought into the corporate body of Christ, yeah. and so we're, we we then can enter into fellowship with one another in the Spirit. Our fellowship is actually this drinking of the Spirit. Um, so, anyways, yeah, our find someone in the body who yeah. can identify you with the body, mm-hmm. and have them bear, you know dunk you in your bathtub right now if you feel before the Lord that you need to be baptized, yeah. because. This is not a small matter. This is this has something to do with our spiritual experience, our being separated from the world, and really we should have the spirit of the eunuch. What prevents me? Yeah. Do you believe? Then get baptized. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, this weekend, I, was, I got to attend a little mini-conference. Ooh, okay. And at the conference, there was someone that got baptized. And I was really touched by something they prayed. Yeah. And they said something like, like Lord, I'm sorry for, for being afraid of crowds. Wow. Right before she was baptized. Yeah. And that was, and I, I really appreciated that because yeah. that was me too. I was like, man, everyone's going to see it. I'm going to have to be like the center of attention. Yeah. But the, one of the wonderful <laughs> things about that is you're baptized into Christ's death. And so right. actually you're not the center of attention. You're dying. <laughs> right. So anyways, yeah. it's like, I just really, I, I, I it, yeah. that touched me. That, that had a big impact on me, that prayer. And, and this is, it's like the spirit of the eunuch. I don't care. Yeah. I just want to be baptized. Right. Yeah. And it, and it should be considered serious. I mean, like, yeah, I think a lot of times baptism is like a show mm-hmm. in our society. But what it is, is you're declaring to the universe, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Yeah. And so you're, it's really, I mean, if you're, if your feeling is like I'm putting on a show, you probably shouldn't be baptized. Yeah, maybe so. Because your, your heart's not in the right place. But the heart should be, I don't want to live anymore. Like, my person is wrong. I'm mm-hmm. in the world. I I don't want me, and I have this feeling of disgust, yeah. which is normal. That's how it should be. And then the Lord has a wonderful provision. It's not like, okay, I kill myself. It's, hey, I've actually already died for you. Yeah. Why don't you come enter into me, and I'll show you a new life. Yeah. And so our baptism is a declaration. It's no longer me. I'm done. The Lord has yeah. dealt with all the evil, and I'm going to, it's Christ now living. Mm-hmm. So That's good. Yeah, everyone, if you're a Christian, you should be baptized. So I'll consider before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what are we doing? What are we... You do. It. You say it. No. I'm not doing it. I deny you got it. it. I deny okay. It. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. How about we do? Um, you we, already had one. We well, okay. Yeah. So I heard a podcast recently about Uh-oh. when is it okay to Uh-oh. when is it okay to leave a church? I think it's a good topic, really. Um, and some of what they said was really good. Some of what they said made me really, really mad. And so I've got a lot of feeling right now about okay. that. All right. And so I think we should talk about okay. when it we should talk about when it's okay to leave a church. All and right. what all is wrong with that question. Let's do it. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, you can donate to